helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. who said the education of all children from the moment they can get along without a mother's care shall be in state institutions? If you said Karl Marx, well, you'd be correct. If you said that Governor Newsom may not have said it, but his actions certainly suggest he believes it, well, you'd also be correct. And if you suggested that Governor Newsom was not the only government actor out for our children, well, then you got three out of three. What can you say about a government that wants to turn children into sex objects? What about those in government who seem to be doing all they can to allow, if not promote, the killing of children? That are not only willing to effectively take children away from their parents, but believe that those children exist to serve the state? There's another man who thought like that. His name was Adolf Hitler, who said in 1933, If the older generation cannot get accustomed to us, we shall take their children away from them and rear them as needful to the fatherland. When your state looks more like Nazi Germany than the United States, you shouldn't be surprised when people flee, as they did, as so many did from East Germany. Now, many who might not leave to save themselves will do so to save their children. Is it any wonder people are concerned for the future of this country when so many government actors look and sound more like Karl Marx and Adolf Hitler? than George Washington. Well, hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free, and I'm glad you could join me today. You know, there's been a lot going on, and you know, granted, I've been around this world, oh, almost 60 years. I've seen a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things I never thought I would see happen. But to see, in this case, one state, but not just one state, that has as their it seems to be going hell-bent to take our children and destroy them to turn them into things objects for the state to use for their own political agenda to destroy their their childhood their innocence their their naivete that that in many cases simply to destroy them well i i have to wonder what does that say about the people who still live there? What does it say about the people who vote for people like that? And yes, we can look at uh, what's going on in California and tiss, tiss, and shake our heads, but it's not just California. It's not even simply uh, uh, you know, progressive Marxist states like uh, you know, other states like New York and Illinois. As a nation... We're stealing from our children. As a nation, we are using our children for our own benefit. It's just some states are, well, farther ahead of the curve than the rest of us. Which I hope, rather than encouraging you that you're not as bad as they are, makes you look and wonder, well, just how bad are we? So let's start with California. Again, a lot going on in California. Uh, let's see, Governor Newsom uh, just signed a bill that mandates that all California schools include a gen gender-neutral restroom, that they have to have at least one single-use gender-neutral restroom. Now, the, this was a Senate Bill 760 
has has a couple interesting uh, twists to it. It says it still allows the schools to keep their gender segregated bathrooms as well. Oh, how nice! Now, uh, this to me comes down as maybe the lesser of two evils. I mean, they're saying, well, okay, rather than forcing girls to deal with naked boys in the girls' room or vice versa, we'll make sure the schools have at least one restroom where these mentally disturbed children can relieve themselves. I guess that's better than, again, forcing girls to accept boys in the girls' restroom and in the girls' locker room where they're changing. Um, But still, we are promoting this idea that a mental disorder, transgenderism, gender dysphoria, is a mental disorder. I know the DSM has changed, but that's just, you know, man-made gobbledygook. There's a basic scientific reality, with extremely rare exceptions. You're either a boy or a girl. Period. End of story. It, 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 what you think doesn't change that reality. But we have in California, we have this promotion of this fiction. Now, why would Governor Newsom sign a bill? Why would the state legislature pass a bill that said all schools must have a gender-inclusive bathroom? Well, one may just be, you know, we'll capitulate a little bit. We'll take the transgender Nazis, the wackadoodles, and um, we'll give them a little bit. Because you know what? If you've got that, uh, that, that hungry lion that's coming to eat you, you give them a little bit and they'll leave you alone forever, right? The other reason is, well, we could look at it from a purely political standpoint. If, is this an attempt to gain votes from a... Uh, granted minority uh, uh, group of people in the state by pandering to their psychoses and saying, yeah, we'll put these in schools. Is it best for the children? Oh, we don't care. We We need the votes. Or is it even worse? Is it the idea that, uh, uh, you know, if you, if you give them their, your children, then, well, they can raise them up in what is most useful to the state. In other words, if we can teach children that, hey, if the state says this mental disorder really can, can change reality, then what other things can we teach these children? I, this is, again, I, I remember, now understand, I'm a product of public school, but that was decades ago. It was back in the 1970s, ladies and gentlemen. In the 1970s, the idea of a a gender-inclusive restroom would would have gotten any school administrator thrown out on their ear by the parents. They, they, They never would have held their job. But today is not the 1970s. Yes, almost, and I graduated high school many, 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 many years, decades ago. The idea that that we're going to indoctrinate our children with, it, with what you believe is true is, again, it's the culmination of decades of taking the children away from the parents and saying, the state has the rules. The state institutions. There's a reason why my daughter did not go to a public school. I was not going to take my precious little daughter and turn her over to the hands of these state Nazis. 
I know you're not supposed to use that word, but it's too bad. That's the best way to describe them. Marxists, Nazis, fascists, people that want to take over our children and decide for themselves what your children should be. Decide whether or not they should be, at what age they should be exposed to, uh, uh, to this perversion. At what age, you know, and should they be exposed to this? Should, they be, should this be normalized or not? That's what happens when we take our precious little boys and girls and we hand them over to government actors. And, of course, California's not done, right? Because Newsom also signed a law that um, requires courts to keep a child's sex chain, a minor child's sex chain, secret. Keep it confidential. Again, we're talking a, a, a minor child. We're not talking an adult child. We're talking a minor child. So if a, if a, if a child petitions the court to change their sex or gender on their government documents, that's to be kept from parents or guardians or their attorneys. You know, I, I, I hear this and all I can think of is Vladimir Lenin when he said, give me your four-year-olds and in a generation, I will build a socialist state. Here's the state. Okay, they're not focusing solely on four-year-olds, but they are detaching children from their parents. And the, the children are going to look to attach to somebody well, who are they going to attach? They're going to attach to the state. Why? Because we're humans. It's human nature. As a, as a child, as you're developing, you're looking for standards. You're looking for codes of conduct. And what we have here is a state doing everything it apparently thinks it can get away with, detaching said children from their parents and using the state as the standard that the children will be raised in that the, the government knows best. Government knows everything. Do what you're told. Wear a mask. Take a shot. Um, you know, okay, you know, hide. How, how, how often has California sued school districts simply because the district said, listen, if a child requests a, a change of gender assignment, uh, pronouns, anything like that, we notify the parents. Now we get the parents' approval. We notify the parents. And at least two schools if not more, have been sued by the attorney general? How dare you notify the parents of the perversion that we're shoving down these children's throats? Because it's not simply this the, 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 the sex change nonsense. It's not simply the, 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 the pronoun insanity. Somebody asked me one day, he said, if someone asks you what your pronoun is, what would be your response? My response is, if you can't tell, you're too stupid to ask that question. If you can't take one look at me and know what my pronouns are, that first of all, they're not my pronouns. They're the English pronouns. It's the English language. But we've we've we're, we're detaching children from any sense of of standard or reality, and we're turning them into little perverts. We are. Have any of you? I, I I will not play the audio on this program because it is just too nasty. It's literally child pornography. But this child pornography is now being promoted and, in many cases, protected 
by our schools. And, and to me, I'm, I'm shocked at the fact that, wait a second, what these books are, are criminal. They are child pornography. Some of these, some of these books actually uh, have language that involves children performing sex acts. Some of them are meant to be instructive. Some of them have pictures. And yet, this child pornography, which, again, when I was a kid, if an adult handed me one of these books, they would go to jail, is now not only being promoted in our schools, it's being, uh, uh, it's being protected. It's being protected by a system in the schools. It was, it was interesting to, you know, um, uh, Robert Kennedy, when he read this book, I, I, again, when he read this, which literally he had to be, um, I, I think he was asked to stop. And of course, there are, there are videos and audio recordings of people doing the same thing. Here's the book in the school, reading it to the school board, being told to stop because it's pornographic. Yet it is in our public schools. It's being put placed there by faculty and administration. It's being protected, prevented from being removed by faculty and administration. They are distributing child pornography. And it seems way too few people are actually doing something about it. Hey, here's, here's a question for you. And again, I'm not, my daughter is an adult. If there's a parent, that finds one of these books in the school, how many of you have called law enforcement and filed a complaint about distrib distribution of child pornography? I've not heard anybody. Now, maybe there are. I, I, you know, the, the parents that are trying to read this to, to show the school board just how vile and filthy this stuff is, is one thing. How about we call the cops and say, wait a second, the school, the librarian is distributing child pornography. I don't know. But it says a lot about our nation. Not only that this stuff is in our school, but how hard some are fighting to keep it in our schools, to keep our children able to consume this filth and rot and garbage, to turn our children into these perverted little racists, and to do everything they can to prevent the children from the protection of their parents. Not because the parents are harmful but because the parents contradict the state. Ladies and gentlemen, when your government actors look more like Adolf Hitler, Karl Marx, Vladimir Lenin, than George Washington, we have a serious problem. And until we, the people, decide we are going to do something about it, we stop looking for someone else to save us until we decide we're going to do something about it. It's going to continue. And all it takes, like I said, show up. Show up at the school board meetings. Contact the police and, and a lodge a complaint about child pornography. How about participating in the school board? How about saying, listen, does the... Now, I'm not familiar with the Constitution of California. Does the California state legislature have the authority to tell not just public schools, 
but private schools, what type of restrooms they need to have. Whether or not they can, uh, what type of communications they can have with their parents. It'd be interesting to do some research. Someone in California who's willing to do a little bit of research, hey, contact me. Maybe we can work out a, something to get, get that research done and get it out. You can contact me, by the way, through the website, constitutionstudy.com. By the way, you can ask a question. I'm looking for more questions. I want to answer more of your questions on this radio program, but I need to get more questions. So please, if you have a question, go to the website, constitutionstudy.com, find the Ask a Question button, fill out the form, hit the little checkbox that says you want me to answer it on the radio. I'll be more than happy to do that. And I think we need to take serious consideration of taking care of ourselves because we've already seen that the institutions won't do it. Every, the, the people are at risk nowadays. Everyone, not just the vaccinated, but the unvaccinated. The idea of shedding these spike proteins is real. That long COVID is real. And if you want to protect yourself, if you want to do something about these, these inflammatory and toxic spike proteins, there's something you can do. The wellness company has a product called Daily Spike Support. It's designed to help protect you against the effects of whether it's a vaccine, whether it's uh, shedding from somebody who has COVID or from getting COVID itself to protect you from the damages from that spike protein. All of this has been backed by documented research and vetted by the chief medical board of the wellness company. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off of all of their products or and off your first month of membership if you use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. You can find out more. Go to americaoutloud.shop for more details. But please, check out the wellness company, but be sure to use that code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you get 25% off their products and 25% off your first month of membership. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. The pandemic may be over for some but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body, and now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today 
and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. If you join the Constitution study, today we're taking a look at, uh, well, the state taking our children. Not, not for their children's benefit, but for the benefit of the state. Whether it's recent laws in California dealing with, um, you know, transgender bathrooms, gender-neutral bathrooms, or, or just hiding a child's uh, request for a, a pronoun change from parents and guardians, what we see is exactly what we expected to see if we were paying attention to Adolf Hitler in '33. He said, if the older generation cannot get accustomed to us, we shall take their children away from them and rear them as is useful to the fatherland. That's California. And the reports of people fleeing California. You know, it's funny. Um, there's lots of interesting statistics. The, the price of uh, U-Hauls going out of California are like two and three times the price going back to California because everybody's leaving. The population growth, I live in Middle Tennessee, and the population growth around here has been growing like crazy since I moved here eight years ago. But what's interesting is some of the reasons why parents are leaving, and more and more, it's to get away to save their children. Now, listen, California has used, uh, has effectively used children as a resource for decades. They just did it at a different level. You know, California was the place to go to kill your unborn child. I mean, it's it's one of the great places to go if you want to kill. Even before Roe v. Wade, I believe California, I know New York had it, I believe California also had legalized abortion, the idea of killing an unborn child. Now, I know a lot of people, there's been a lot of rhetoric about this. Um, I keep coming back to the fact that uh, uh, children, contrary to popular belief, children aren't accidents. They don't, they don't simply spontaneously form inside the mother's womb. They are the consequence of actions. Sometimes those actions are voluntary. Sometimes they're not. But the point is, the child is the innocent consequence of actions. And in the vast majority of the case, it is the voluntary actions of two consenting adults that lead to a situation where, well, one of them wants an abortion. Uh, from again, I've never had a baby, right? I'm a man; doesn't work that way. Uh, but in talking to enough women, and even those who who have have considered or had abortions, it's a traumatic decision. I don't dispute that. Which is why I find it interesting when um, uh, the you, know, you have the rise in the medical abortion, right? Plan B: just take a pill and everything is fine. Well. Okay, maybe not everything is fine, but we'll take care of that pesky little child situation. And I'm not surprised that there's some percentage of 
mothers who have buyer's remorse. They decide maybe it wasn't the right thing to try and and abort this child. So they see they search for ways to reverse these abortions. And as I understand it, there are medical treatments that may, at a early uh, stage, reverse the uh, the effect of these uh, uh, abortion drugs. And uh, you know, again, if the mother. Uh, wants it, right? I don't know anybody talking about forcing mothers to take this this drug unless maybe it's a minor child with with other issues. But that's so. I found this very interesting. Why California Attorney General Rob Bonta is now suing pro life group the uh, uh, let's see Heartbeat International and Real Options Obria um, because they have crisis pregnancy centers in Northern California that will make these drugs available to mothers who, um, well, who wish to try to stop a medical abortion. As if once the mother has made a decision to get a chemical abortion, uh, there's no, it would be illegal to try and stop it, which to me is a really warped and twisted way of looking at this. But then again, this is California. It's it in many ways it's California. It wasn't that long ago that Governor Newsom signed a whole series of bills into law based on the passage of Proposition One, a uh, an initiative, a a citizen initiative, creating a, a right to abortion into the state constitution. So apparently that includes the not only includes the right to getting an abortion, but it denies the right to stop once you've started as if once you get started that's uh that's it and i look at these at at, at this as a trend right you look at a a correlation of data uh the sexualization of children the introduction of child pornography into the classroom the uh the, the protection of the the psychosis of um transgenderism, the continued sexualization of children, and now claiming that sex can have no consequences. Again, when I was a kid, we were concerned about getting the girl in trouble, right? We took precautions to prevent getting the girl in trouble. And at this point now, it's it's like the the very idea of taking precautions because there's a consequence to your actions is being drilled has been drilled out of of our children and is reinforced by this idea that um you know once you start the process how dare you stop it and to me this is a natural consequence this is an an overarching path from the uh the the old days of uh was it uh, safe and rare to now promoted and promoted again not just for adults which is bad enough but promoted for our our children and in many cases being promoted in our in schools and this has led to a, an interesting uh uh i'll say a phenomenon a change uh, uh in the way things are, are happening um, according to certain uh, surveys, 
almost half of parents that are turning to homeschooling today are concerned about the influence of, by, of liberal viewpoints from public schools. This is according to a poll from the Washington Post and George Mason University. Now, again, this was interesting. Um, before my wife and I had our daughter, uh, we had friends and family members that homeschooled. And again, it was about what ideas were being introduced, were being indoctrinated into the children and schools. Um, our, my wife and I had decided, even before she was pregnant, that uh, no, um, there are certain things we were going to do in order to provide for our child. One of us would not be working outside of the home. Um, there would be one of us home with the child, uh, with, with our with eventually our daughter, that we would not send her to public school because of some of the nonsense that they were being taught. And again, this was twenty plus. This was twenty years ago. We saw it coming, and it's just gotten. It's gotten to the point where it's almost like we're not the we're not the oddballs anymore. We're more the average everyday Americans. Now, what I find interesting about this poll is uh, some interesting studies that that uh, I think lead into why the so many parents are concerned about the influence that the schools have on their children. It's COVID, the scandemic. See, with the scandemic, as they closed the schools and they went to remote learning, that meant what was being taught in the schools was now in the parents' home. Again, when I was a child, parents were engaged. They looked at uh, what we brought home for homework. They, uh, they had parent-teacher conferences. They were a bit more involved. I'm not saying hugely so, but they were more involved. And it got less and less. Parents were less and less uh, invited to participate. Uh, then it became less and less welcome. And even before the scandemic, uh, parents were dissuaded from participating in what would happen in school. And now suddenly, in their homes, they're seeing what their children are being taught. And uh, a lot of them didn't like it. In fact, according to the Urban Institute, between the 2021-2022 school year, homeschooling rose 30%. 30%. And again, when asked why, 46% of the families said they were worried about the local public schools being influenced by, in their words, liberal viewpoints. I say their words because these liberal viewpoints are not liberal. They are illiberal. It's one of the problems with language, the way we've treated it lately. But now that we've had an opportunity to parents to see what's going on in public schools, what's being taught in public schools, because it's right in their living rooms, they, they started looking at the policies over hiding the preferred pronouns from the parents and uh, allowing transgender students in, in whatever bathroom or locker room they wish. Um, they decided, you know what, this is not a safe place for our children. Now, what's interesting is while some states have uh, either looked at legislation or actually passed legislation to provide uh, transparency, to protect parental rights, uh, others have done the exact opposite. Again, Rob Bontas published punishing school districts for uh, letting parents know that uh, their child wish, you know, thinks they're transgender and want to change his names or pronouns. Or, you know, pushing back on parents that are that disagree with the the LGBTQ, LMNOP, MICKEY, you know what, 
uh, ideology in the classroom. The parents are, are looking at this going, public schools are toxic. Now, as I said earlier, the faith was, was one, and religious desires were, were a leading cause of parents to consider or to move towards homeschooling. Uh, according to recent polls, that's down. That's like 30% of parents who have left, uh, who started homeschooling. But they're also showing 68% of parents a general desire to provide moral instruction, not necessarily religious instruction, just moral instruction. Because the, the morals that are being taught in school have become so toxic. Now, this, this Washington Post, uh, uh, George Mason University poll, I found some other interesting things. Um, both public and homeschool parents indicated that they were confident about the child's proficiency in math, reading, science, and history. I, I'm not sure if that, um, uh, how that fits as far as uh, the standards the parents had or, or what school districts they were going at, but with the, the increasing examples of, of students in, in certain public schools not being proficient in math and science, um, I, I, that, that would, I think, would require a bit more understanding of the, 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 the structure of the poll. Where were these thousand plus families uh, taken from? It says a national sample. Uh, how does that fit as far as urban versus rural uh, and, and all the other potential factors into the qualities of the school? But again, what we're seeing is um, there are parents that are starting to push back and say, no. We, we saw the parents again shortly after covid with the the the, the racism and the sexualism and the sexualization the sex objects and the transgender parents pushing back at school boards others have simply said no we're taking them out of school now for you if you're a parent of a school aged child uh i would recommend a couple things one is um before you make any decision find out the details about the quality of your school don't assume that it's good simply because of where you live or because of, of you know what you remember from when you were in school. Times have changed. I would find out for yourself what the, the state of play is in your school. Uh, are they promoting uh, child pornography in the school? Are they promoting a, a, a sexualization and turning children into sex objects? Are they promoting a racist agenda? Uh, are they promoting uh, an agenda that just is antithetical to your beliefs? Find out. And then you have to decide. I understand that not everybody is is capable of homeschooling. The question is, what are the other options? And And ask yourself, which is more important? The way you're living your life or what education your child is getting? Again, I understand not everybody can do this. My wife and I, I had a good job. My wife stayed home. She educated our daughter. Uh, it was really interesting because when my daughter was really young, they used to do in four hours what more than the schools did in an eight-hour day. So it was more efficient. But I understand, a single parent, that would be a problem. There's a lot of things. I, I guess the point I want to make is you have to decide for yourself what priorities you're going to use when it comes to the right raising of your child. And while I may disagree with what they are, ultimately, as the parent, it is not only your do it is not only your 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 right 
to decide. I would say it's your duty. It's your responsibility to decide because you now have another life that you're responsible for. And uh, I think it would be incumbent on the rest of society to find ways to make it more advantageous for give people more options and more choices about the education, educating of, their, of our children. Now, listen, I've taken a break. Uh, before I do, though, I want to remind you, you know, I read six, 700 headlines every evening preparing for this show and the other products I put out. And I get many of them from AmericaOutloud.news. So I ask you to join me every day. Head to AmericaOutloud.news. Find out what's going on. But I'm going to ask you to do something else. So I want you to find those, those podcasts, the videos, the articles, the stories, the ones that mean something to you, that, that uh, you are either proud of or just make you angry, and share them. We need to share what's really going on. We need to provide the differing points of views, the multiple sides, if we're to understand what the truth is and decide where to go. See, by sharing this information, by exposing people to other ideas, other ways of viewing things, and another view of what's going on, you're not simply participating in social media. You're helping to secure the blessings of liberty. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study, and today, well... 
we're talking about taking our children for the service of the state. I've focused a lot on California and a lot on the schools, but there certainly is more going on. You may have heard about a recent court opinion, um, this one coming out of the district court uh, for Texas, uh, putting in place a permanent injunction against the enactment of Senate Bill 12. Well, what is Senate Bill 12? The interesting thing is I, I took a look at the court case, and I looked at, take a look at the uh, at the actual language of the bill, and uh, the first looking at the court case, they talk about Senate Bill 12, which was touted as a drag ban, uh, and they use a lot of, you know, well, this is what people said, and this is what people said. Um, in the finding of facts, it said Senate Bill 12 bans sexually oriented performances. And what's interesting is I looked at this and said, all right, there's something I'm missing here because that doesn't sound right. Not the way I remember it. So I went and I actually found the language of Senate Bill 12. And it it has things like um, uh, a, a municipality or county may not authorize a sexually oriented performance on public property or in the presence of an individual younger than 18 years of age, except as provided in another subsection. And uh, they, they also point out that uh, this section does not limit the authority of a municipality to license, tax, suppress, prevent, or otherwise regulate theatrical or other uh, exhibitions, shows, or amusements under this section. Now, what are these uh, um, sexually oriented performances? Well, the law says it 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 represents it shows um, an exhibition or representation of actual or simulated sexual acts. Uh, the Exhibition or representation of um, genitalia in in a lewd state, uh, and it goes on and on. Basically, we're talking about again sexual acts. I think we have a pretty good idea of what that is. But notice, it is on public property or in the presence of a minor, someone under the age of eighteen. Something that I found uh, interestingly missing from the uh, what the judge referred to as the findings of fact in the um in in the opinion now did i do a deep dive study into the law no is it possible that there's something in, in the law that uh, would abridge a person's freedom of speech um possibly but i also look at this and say well we're talking you know, do again do people have the right in public um to perform sexualized acts to go around nude um, to otherwise act in, in a, a lewd manner? And the answer to me seems no. But we have a judge here that says, listen, you're, you're not allowed to prevent people from performing these acts? I, I, I Again, I didn't do a deep dive into this particular opinion, so maybe there's something in there I've missed, but my first reading of this is... Um, yeah, the judge thinks it's perfectly fine to have sexualized performances in on public property, on public display, and in front of children. Kind of says a lot about the state of our nation, that this would even be considered as, as uh, appropriate, uh, appropriate actions in public. And again, we're not talking about people walking around in in suggestive dress, or uh, uh, we're talking, or, or people even holding these these types of of performances in on private property, 
in uh you know in 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 a theater or uh, uh, uh in a school anywhere that's private property not a public school obviously private property you can have it we're not saying you can't we're saying you can't do this on public property and you can't do this in front of children so i remember little things like how many of you realize that uh according to i believe it's according to the law it is illegal for a theater to allow a 17 year old to uh to view, to enter a a theater showing an r-rated movie without the parent or guardian's express permission yeah i know it happens all the time but we do regulate we say there are things that are inappropriate for children they're inappropriate for minors but apparently according to this judge um yeah no sexualized shows uh, are perfectly legitimate in front of minors and and again happening on public property meaning anybody wandering around might encounter this um activity if it's on public property um kind of says again why is the state in this case the federal government so interested in protecting public pornography i don't know i can't read the judge's mind and again I will grant him the benefit of the doubt that maybe there's something in there that in my quick review, I did not catch. But to me, it says a lot about uh, the desire to take over, to expose and educate our children and use them for the purposes of the state. What the state interest is in um, promoting pornography, I, I, have, I have no idea. As I was looking at this and putting the show together, I, I saw some other things that may not be as obvious, but are still the state trying to, um, in many ways, control our lives and including the lives of our children. Well, for example, the U.S. Forestry Service has allocated more than $100 million in grants um, to provide, quote-unquote, what they call tree equity. Yeah. Um, the, the, this is part of a of a billion dollars sent to expand access to trees. Now, listen, I like trees. I have trees on my property. Trees are great because you know what they do? Uh, they produce oxygen. They produce shade. They help hold soil together. It, trees are good things. Is it really the role of the federal government to protect trees? More importantly, what is the message that the U.S. Forestry Service is saying? It's saying you, as a as an individual, as a person, you cannot be held be responsible for actually making you know taking care of your own property and and making sure that there there are trees. No, no, no. We have to take over the property. Then we have to decide um, what is the appropriate level of access to trees. Now this is hilarious because again, as a kid, I was born and raised and I lived in New York City till I was eleven. But I was odd. See, I used to go up to my grandparents. We went up every weekend, almost every weekend in my early life. We went to my grandparents' place in upstate New York. And there were grass, and there were trees, and it was wonderful. And then we'd go to the city. And you know what you don't see a lot of in New York City, especially in Manhattan where we lived? Trees. Oh, sure, you can go up to like Central Park. You'll see some trees, maybe Madison Square Park, maybe some of the other little parks. You'd see a few trees, but you don't see an awful lot of trees. 
I wonder, is the U.S. Forestry Service uh, going to allocate any money to make sure that people in cities have access to trees? And is it the idea that the federal government gets to decide how much access to trees is needed? Think about it. Is it not just one other exa another example of the federal government getting to decide the, the, the life your child will lead because of what would be left for them? What opportunities they will have? What will be regulated? What trees? Under what circumstances? Because you have to remember, people make choices. I have a cousin lives in, in Manhattan, and he loves it. I won't. I won't live in a city. I live out in the country, in a rural area. Do you know why? Because I like it. Now, should my cousin be denied access to uh, some city services because he needs, in the government's mind, access to trees? Should I lose control of part of my property because the government decides that, well, people need access to trees and I happen to have trees, therefore I can't deny people the right to have access to my trees? Do you see where we're going here? This becomes part of a larger scope, a mantra of government knows best, and we will educate people, including our children, to support the state, what is needful for the fatherland. And there is one group of people that seems to be promoting this agenda. Um, and right now, the easiest way to find them is, well, they seem to be leadership in the Democratic Party. I'm not saying that all members of the Democratic Party are doing this, but it certainly seems to be coming out of the leadership of the Democratic Party. And it certainly does seem to be that many of the column rank and file that are promoting these agendas, well, they're more likely to be in the Democratic Party than they are in the Republican Party. Now, again, a pox of both their houses. Uh, I don't think either party has done a very good job here. But there does seem to be an authoritarian bent to... Uh, the the uh, well to to both parties, but especially in this case the Democratic Party. Remember, it was the uh, Democratic uh, administration and supported by the leaders of the Democratic Party that tried to create the uh, was the, the the disinformation board under the Department of Homeland Security. Now, why should this? Why why do I bring that up? Well. A FOIA request has revealed a few documents that have some very interesting information. See, within the Department of Homeland Security, um, they decide they they refer to as this malinformation as information that is based on fact but used out of context to mislead, harm, or manipulate. That's pretty much everybody everything a politician may say. It may or may not be based on fact, but that's what they're talking about. And they wanted to the power to uh, censor and regulate thing any discussion on the origins of COVID, the efficacy of the vaccines, racial justice, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, uh, support for Ukraine, even what they refer to as irregular immigration, which by the mean they mean illegal entrance into this country. So, in other words, what they're saying or what they were trying to say was, um, if you provide information that is factual but doesn't agree with our point of view, we want to shut you down. Now, what's interesting is, as you look back at the focus on our children, what do we see the state trying to do? We see the state trying to uh, train our children 
that the state gets to decide what is and is not information, what is misinformation, what is malinformation, what is disinformation, what you are and are not allowed to hear, which brings up some rather scary polls showing the increase in belief that the government should police misinformation by young adults. Um, that just shows how effective the state has been. So I want you to take all of these things we've talked about and see if we can just step up 50,000 feet and take a look at it. What do we see? We see, in my mind, we see government actors that are controlling, trying to control our children. Uh, they are mandating sexualized practices and sexualized books and other materials in our schools. In many cases, not just public schools, in schools, period. They are, uh, by the way, I didn't get a lot into it, but we also have the the uh, racist agenda, you know, the, the critical race theory that talks about how race determines, you know, whether or not you're a good person or a bad person, whether you're a victim or a victimizer uh, or an oppressor, uh, all of this in order to take the ideas that I would say most Americans are abhorred by. And since we won't accept that, they will take the children away from the people in order to train them in the, as is needed by the state. And this has been going on for years, ladies. This has been going on for decades. We've been giving our children at the age of four and five to the government, and we're surprised that they te they've taught them to be um, little government actors, little government uh, uh, serfs, enslaved to the ideas of an all-powerful government. Does that help explain why? And again, it's not just governments themselves. Everyone from you know teachers unions to other activists uh, do everything they can to make it harder for children to go to a school other than the government school. Does that help make a little more sense of that? From my standpoint, it means our children are in danger. And it is up to we, the people, to protect our children. And if you don't have school-aged children, what can you do to help protect other people's school-aged children? I don't mean tell other people how they raise their children. I mean, give them the opportunity to make the decisions for themselves. See, if they're coming to take our children, shouldn't we the people be defending our children? Shouldn't we be the ones that are standing up and saying, no, I don't care what uh, uh, Governor Newsom signed. You don't have the right to indoctrinate my child into uh, a perverted lifestyle or a racist agenda. Uh, no, you, you don't have the right to uh, uh, take a child, uh, to to in, teach my child um, in, in, in such a way. I will take them out of school if that's what it takes. I will take them out of the state if that's what it takes. No, you, you don't have the right to um, perform sex acts, simulated or otherwise, in front of children. And no, you don't have the right to determine for them what type of access they're going to have to trees and green space and what they can say and what they can't say. This whole indoctrination process has done damage to our children. The question is, has it gone too far? I'm not sure. I, I don't know for sure. But I know one thing. If we, the people, don't stop submitting to this agenda, stop allowing these, these Marxist, fascist, 
people, the ones that look more like like Hitler, Hitler and and uh, Lenin and Stalin and Marx than George Washington and Patrick Henry or, or Thomas Jefferson. If we allow them to decide our children's future, it will be a bleak future indeed. Now, this may be, it's been a bleak episode. It's been a, could be a depressing episode, but it's important that we find out the truth of what's going on. And I hope you'll come back and join us here for the Constitution Study. We're heard every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, that's okay. We, uh, all my episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on talk radio. You can listen in your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor. Subscribe to the show. Leave us, leave us ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But as with all the other news and information we provide, we need you to share this. Show people that there is another point of view. There is a voice speaking about the Constitution and about protecting your rights for yourself. See, by sharing that, you're not simply sharing the Constitution study or America out louder or even your own ideas, but you're helping to share the blessings of liberty. <laughs>